So I'm standing in the biggest boardroom I've ever seen in my entire professional career. This conference room was like the size of a football field. And if that wasn't kind of mind-blowing enough, there was this like floor-to-ceiling windows, right, to the back of the boardroom overlooking the downtown mall in Washington, D.C. And like right there, right in front of me, right outside of the window is the Washington Monument. So it's like a really major, major presentation. I was presenting to 50 different people who were going to decide to hire me and my ad agency or the other guys. And it was a little bit intimidating, I must admit, but it was a really cool view. And I was there to pitch this advertising agency campaign. And when I negotiated the presentation date and the time. I said, I need 90 minutes. They said, you'll have 60 minutes. Okay, well, I really need 90, but I can do it in 60. And of course, you've got to take into account the fact that people are kind of coming into the room and lollygagging and talking to people. So that just eats up your time. So now I'm looking at like 55 minutes. And I start the presentation by saying, I want to do an icebreaker. I know I hate icebreakers, but I had to do the icebreaker, and I'll tell you why in a minute. So I want to do an icebreaker. I want everybody to go around, all 50 of you, and once you say your name, your title, and favorite movie. And right when I said that, the procurement officer, if you're not in like the corporate land, the procurement officer is the person who's in charge of vendors and making sure that the meetings start and end on time. And we we fill out this questionnaire to, to ensure that we're hiring the exact right person for the right job at the right price. And they're kind of like little you know traffic cops or time cops. And she's like, uh, Mr. Mogling, my name is Megling. I always get, it's always mispronounced. It's like, Mr. Mogling, uh, I, I think in the interest of time, we should just go to the agenda. And I was like, no, we've got to do this icebreaker. This is very vital to the presentation. And so we did. And you might be thinking, well, Stephen, like you already like don't have enough time to give your presentation. Now you're going to eat up another five minutes doing an icebreaker. You, you <laughs> And I, and I wanted people to, to just say their name, title, and their favorite movie. It's like, well, how is this even helpful whatsoever? And I will tell you in just a moment why. So they all go around the room. Hi, my name is so-and-so and so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. My favorite movie is Weekend at Bernie's. My favorite movie is Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. They go all the way around the room. And, of course, I went too. And you might be thinking, again, like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Why would you eat up all that time? And the answer is, I wanted information. I learned in that little icebreaker who was really in charge of making the buying decision of all the 50 people. And it wasn't necessarily the CEO or the the big gazook. It was somebody else. And it's sometimes in business, it's somebody else. It's somebody you'd least suspect who actually has the power and influence in the room. And I learned that by just doing this icebreaker. I also learned that the person who was my advocate, the one who actually invited me to participate in this presentation, had no influence at all. Like zero, zero influence over that buying decision. Nobody cared about this person. I also learned who to watch out for, who might have a hidden agenda, who might be all smiles, but like holding the knife ready just to slit my throat. I also learned that the entire organization was a hot friggin' mess. I learned that all from an icebreaker. 
Hey, it's Steven, founder and CEO of Band of Misfits, and welcome back to Connected Conversations mini-series, where we're learning the science and soul of communicating with people. So you might be asking, well, Steven, what did you see or notice when you did this stupid icebreaker exercise where you asked people their favorite movie? Let me tell you what I saw. I saw who was really the most influential person in the room, and it wasn't the person you would think with the big title and blah, blah, blah. I saw who was most influential, and I saw that because when that person spoke, everybody paid attention, and when that person said her favorite movie, everybody got a good chuckle out of it. I saw that the advocate, this person who had advocated for us, brought me in, ostensibly would have a say in saying you need to hire Steven over the other agencies that we're meeting with, when this person spoke, Nobody looked at him. Nobody cared. Zero. Zilch. And I was like, oh, this is not going to go well for me. And I also noticed and observed who I should not trust. I could tell by their eye language, their tactical expressions, how they kind of evaluated based on the power dynamics of the room, who they should be paying attention to and who they should just kind of forget about. All of that from a friggin' icebreaker. I also learned in observation, the ones who were polite the whole time, smiling at other colleagues, I couldn't trust those people with an accurate read on how I was performing when I presented because they were always all smiles for everybody. So it's like if they're smiling at me while I'm presenting, it's like, no offense. I mean, maybe they really enjoyed it and they're nice people. That's not my point. But I needed valuable data as I was presenting to know how I was moving the room energetically if I was resonating with people. And the people who were smiling the whole time, it's like I just, you know, I I couldn't tell. So I kind of stopped paying attention to them. And then I looked, most importantly, at the quiet ones, the ones with neutral expressions. Because those people, you know, when they heard a movie that they liked or they loved the answer or the answer of their colleagues kind of surprised them, they smiled, they laughed, they actually had great expression and they went back to being kind of poker-faced. And those are the people who were going to be my test subjects. Those are the people that as I presented, I would be keeping my eye on to see, am I moving you? Are you reacting or responding to what I'm saying? Because you're a good proxy for the energy in the room and allowed me to tailor my remarks in the last 53 or 52 minutes that I had to present, they became my baseline. And I learned all this by asking everybody what their favorite movie is. So you might be thinking, well, Stephen, okay, what's the key takeaway here? What am I learning here? Well, you remember the red basketball? And I said, there's always a red basketball in the room every time you're having a meeting or a conversation. And the red basketball is just the energy dynamics, the back and forth of your conversation, the energy level. Are the people that you're talking with, are they participating with you? Are they dribbling the basketball and they're tossing it back to you? Are they taking a shot? Or are you tossing the ball to them and they're just like smacking it away, right? They don't want to participate. Or is somebody hogging the ball? Because remember, 90 to 95% of communication is nonverbal. So you got to start looking for things. You can't just pay attention to what people are saying. You're going to miss vital information. So that's why I did the icebreaker. Because they had no idea what I was looking for. They just thought it was kind of a fun way to kind of kick off a meeting. 
And it was. I really enjoyed it. Now, I don't want you to get, <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm some kind of schemer here. And I'm always like, ha ha, twirling my mustachio as I, as I plot these sinister attempts to get inside of people's heads. No, I'm relaying this information to you because I want you to have connected conversations. I want you to be able to look for things. So you can respond and read the room and you can engage the room better, more effectively, because you can start to notice things, start to pay attention to the hidden details that you've overlooked perhaps most of your career. And that's vital information if you want to influence, if you want to impact, if you want to inform, if you want to move people from here to there. That's what persuasion is. It's just using your voice to move people from one place to another. That's all persuasion is. And if you have a compelling idea, you have a compelling insight, if you've got a change you want to make in the world, then you got to get really good at connecting with people. Because it's people that you're trying to sway and persuade. You're not trying to persuade a robot, right? So you got to get good at reading the room and understanding. So now it's your turn. Now, I'm not saying next meeting, do a stupid icebreaker and ask people their favorite movie, although it is kind of a fun way to like loosen things up a bit. But I want you to go on a mission of observation. If you're hosting a meeting or you're participating in a meeting, and try to, especially if you have some say in the meeting, right? Maybe a check-in with somebody or something where you can kind of, kind of work the agenda a little bit. Start with a, a check-in. Start with an open-ended question, something, you know, just to get you and the audience, one-to-one or others, just to talk out loud for a moment and start to notice your colleague's body language. Start to notice their facial expressions. Start to notice their tone of voice. Start to notice if they're paying attention or looking at their phones. And if you're just doing a phone call or people's cameras are off, you know, be a little creative. Just engage people. You know, get them to check in. You know, listen to their voices. Is it flat? Is it monotone? Does the tone of voice actually match what they're saying or is there incongruency? You know, sometimes when you ask people how they're doing, they're like, I'm fine. Oh, okay. Something tells me you're not fine, right? <laughs> I'm fine is not, I'm fine or I'm great. Right? So pay attention to these things and use those brief moments at the beginning of a meeting or conversation to get a gut check, to see what might be going on, to get the the temperature of the room or the temperature of the people that you're talking to. So remember, 90 to 95% of all communication is nonverbal. So pay attention to the nonverbal stuff. Pay attention to how people are being, their presence. All of that stuff, all those little micro details, and they add up. And if you're meeting with people or connecting with people, the same people over a period of time, just keep adding data to how those people are because you're going to be able to use that information in very unique and creative ways so that you can connect and you can persuade. So until next time, be well, be good, be you. The Business of Being is a podcast about the inner work of success. The show's executive producer is me, Sir Isaac Smith. The podcast is a production of Band of Misfits, a coaching and consulting company for leaders who want to win without running themselves into the ground. Learn more at welcomemisfit.com.